0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sonia Leeson and you're listening to the Love Mondays podcast, the power of resilience, stories of struggle and success from inspiring entrepreneurs. In this series, I will be interviewing business leaders, entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about their incredible true life stories and how they overcame adversity to build a killer business that makes a real difference in the world. Stay tuned to learn more about their game changing strategies, which took them from struggle to success. Today's podcast follows on from last week's. We spoke to Paul McGillivray from Remote about how he overcame serious illness to develop his business into one that makes a real difference in the world. In part two this week, we speak to Jeannie McGillivray, who's Managing Director of Remote. We get her story of struggle and success and how she was pushed to the edge of her limits when she was faced with life-changing circumstances. Jeannie talks to us about her holistic approach to life and business, and she shares with us her side of how to create a profitable and impactful business despite the struggles.
1: Hi, Jeannie. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Sonia. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Oh, pleasure. No, it's lovely to be here. Yes.
0: Yeah, so this is part two of last week's podcast where we had Paul online. So do you just want to kind of give us a little bit of an overview of what you do with along with Paul?
1: Okay, so we started a company called Remote 18 years ago and we build online software for purpose-driven companies. So we try and work with people who are setting out to have some kind of positive impact in the world. We build custom apps, so iOS and Android apps, or large websites, or business process management software that helps them become more efficient and more productive so they can have a bigger and better impact.
0: I love that. The reason why I really love your business is because you've done so well at aligning your beliefs and your values and kind of interweaving that all the way through your business. So do you just want to give us a bit of a brief overview as to where you think that comes from and what you kind of do
1: now? Yeah, so it's interesting. I think it's something that we've always tended to do. So we've always looked to work on projects that yeah, have some kind of positive impact. I remember about, I think it's quite a long time ago now, maybe 16 years ago, we did a portal for homeopaths that helped them put together the symptoms for a client and then discover which was the appropriate remedy for their combination of symptoms. But So we were working with larger organisations. We do the annual stock count for Volkswagen group but we were always trying to spend almost subsidize the real positive applications by working for the bigger companies i remember paul joking about it being called spiritual money laundering yeah he was talking day. about this okay. yeah. so we've always done that but it's become in the last in the last year i would say it's become much more conscious and we now have changed all our messaging across our website and social media to really try and target those applications because they're they're what bring us alive really make us feel alive and what we and enjoy getting up to work on every day
0: yeah absolutely i think it brings a whole new meaning to it does and when you've been doing the same thing for nearly 20 years actually to have that newfound
1: yeah purpose yeah 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 Yeah.
0: something to think oh yes I've got something bigger to get up for and something bigger to work towards where do you think this comes from do you want to just talk a little bit about your kind of background and history
1: yeah so about 22 years ago I started meditating I discovered a place in London called the Study Society and they organize all sorts of really interesting sort of spiritual and healing talks and things and they have a meditation group so that was my first sort of spiritual home if you like i'd always been interested in spirituality but i hadn't really i didn't really have um i didn't really know of anyone else that was interested in that kind of thing and i started meditating then so all through my adult life there has been a an interest in healing and an interest in living sustainably and having a positive impact on my own environment, whether that's talking, you know, having the time to talk to somebody in the checkout at Sainsbury's or making sure that we recycle in the office and insulating our home well. So that awareness of trying to have live as lightly as I can and, ha- and try and have a positive impact on the people I meet has always been there. So this feels like it's joining up what seemed like different threads of our lives are now all weaving together to hopefully build something really positive
0: amazing and that is something that you have done throughout your life throughout your business with your clients with your staff yeah. how yeah. do you think it's benefited you or what do you kind of see as being different to how
1: it maybe was before so it takes the emphasis off survival which I think is a really important thing. So there's less emphasis on profit and being something and more of an em- sort of emphasis on making a posit- having a positive impact and treating everybody equally and making sure that everyone feels comfortable in their working environment and having a positive relationship with our customers it's changed the dynamic that we have with our clients as well because we're it's more of a partnership we attract the kind of people who want to work as a team to achieve something important or that's important to them Mm.
0: and Mm. outside of work what's your kind of experience that you kind of wanted to bring into the company
1: so I'm the managing director and I've always been good at organizing myself so when I was growing up my Dad was a real labour man and he always made sure that I was earning my own money and paying my own way. And at one point, I think I had four jobs. So at university I was cleaning the toilets before uni and I was <laughs> working oh my God. Bar after uni. And I ran the students' union bar for a bit and worked in a couple of pubs and did silver service waitressing. Conveyor belt that make up the hospital meals. I've worked in factories stuffing pillows with yeah, feathers. hilarious. And so I, at I,
0: worked yeah. On, I worked on, a, on a, <laughs> a packing factory packing arts and craft materials exactly on a production
1: line. Yeah, exactly. And I think at the time I felt quite almost kind of resentful because I knew that my parents could afford to pay my rent and they could afford have afforded to support me a bit more than they did financially but actually it was really deliberate. My dad wanted me to be independent and resourceful and self-sufficient and financially independent and actually he sowed the seeds of entrepreneurship in me. I've always been really entrepreneurial about paying my own way, earning my own money, managing my finances and not getting into debt and all that kind of stuff was important to them and they really passed that on to me.
0: It's so interesting, you know, because I speak about this to clients all the time when we're developing their teams and things. And there's such a difference in mentality between an employee and an entrepreneur. And I yeah. think what the two of us have just talked about is so similar with me because I've worked in chip shops, I've yeah. waitressed, waitress, I've worked in packing factories, anything. I've been a chambermaid in a hotel. And that's exactly. what I think that teaches you is you have to just dig in and get it done. You don't yeah. just have this part of a job that someone else does that part and you just link in the middle. Actually, yeah. our mindset is you have to clean, you have to yeah. deliver, you have to manage, you have to do all of those different things. And I think it does yeah. teach you to be able to be quite resourceful.
1: It does. And keep all the balls in the air.
0: Yeah, because well. it's quite stressful having all those plates, yeah. but actually working four jobs and having a un- going to university, you've yeah. had to learn, actually, I've got to study, I've got to manage myself, yeah. I've got to manage money, I've got to pay bills, I've got yeah. to do all those things, yeah. and actually, then you can almost sidestep into running a company.
1: And having children, so yeah. we started the company when Ella was our daughter was two. So we were juggling having a baby, you know, a mm. two-year-old, a toddler who was preschool, starting up our business, keeping our house going, keeping our relationship going, and all those kind of things.
0: Wow, it's been uh, it's been a lot, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. How yeah, does
0: the How does it work? Living, working, and being married to Paul for all of these years.
1: <laughs> It works remarkably well, <laughs> like <laughs> remarkably. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have very different roles in the company. So he's the technical director. So he oversees the, the technical approach to the project. He's not actually a developer anymore. He was when we started the business. But he researches new technologies and oversees the, the overall arching kind of architecture of the applications that we're building and he's there for the guys. so if there's a question if they don't know how to approach something or they need advice on something he'll be there for them in that way and I'm the managing director so I do a very different job I we used to have freelance designers now we have an in-house designer but I used to manage the designers and I do the project management and the client management and yeah the
0: delivery side
1: yeah liaise with the bookkeepers and the accountants and make sure that the cash flow is working and all that kind of stuff Mm. but it's quite different
0: there's a lot of people out there going, I can't even live with my husband, let alone work out and live with them all <laughs> at the same time.
1: We literally spend 24 hours a day together. Yeah. We're traveling to work together, we work all day together, and then we go home at the end of the day. There's such a certain strength
0: in that, I think. And that's something mm. else that I love about your business and your team, is that because I think you and because you and Paul have such a strong relationship and bond, and you're so mm. your your vision is completely aligned it's kind of like you've got the team on that same train we're quite different personalities very
1: very we're yeah really different personalities but we've you compliment each same. other yeah he's got strengths that I haven't got and I've got strengths that he hasn't got and we pull on each other when mm. you know when there's something that's got to be done and also he's very sociable so he's brilliant with the team and he's very approachable and very kind so they always feel that if there's anything that's going on in their lives, I'd I like to think they could feel that they could speak to both of us, but Paul's mm. really a people's person. So he concentrates very much on making sure that the staff are comfortable and that they've got everything they need and that they're happy in their job. So we spoke to
0: Paul about the business and that it hasn't been without its struggles. And I think it would be really interesting to get your side because I'm sure your side of it is going to be very
1: different to Paul's side of it. So we've had, I think this is part of being an entrepreneur. So you take risks, you stretch your finances and you know that in order to To go to the next level, you've got to stretch things and and reach them. And I remember there was one time, it was about a year after we bought our house and we were renovating a barn to put the business in while we were also paying rent on the existing office premises. And we were literally (laughs) down to our last 10 quid. (laughs) And this guy turned up with a digger and the builder said, do you want to just give him 10 quid? (laughs) <laughs> but what have we done with some kind of ticket and literally we literally hand over what was at like we were waiting for money to come in and it was a cash flow thing but yeah you you take risks and you stretch yourself and it's not comfortable no not easy and there have been times where we've paid the wages and we've not paid our wages yeah and business is growing and you prioritize keeping everything afloat so you you know you sometimes go without
0: Yeah, and and that's the way it is, and it's Daniel Priest's entrepreneurs bet, isn't it? Really, that you have to kind of keep things going. It's hugely stressful,
1: and off the back of that, Paul got quite ill, didn't he? Paul's been, yeah, he had lost contact with himself. I actually think it's more difficult. This is maybe a generalization, but I feel like because women go through pregnancy and childbirth, we, we tend to be quite in tune with our bodies, and men are in our society anyway they have put a lot of pressure on themselves but society puts a lot of pressure on them as well to be the breadwinner and to you know manage and it's not we're not always bought up with the tools to manage those things and manage ourselves through those things and have that kind of level of intimacy where we are listening to our body when it's telling us that it's not well and I feel that Paul really learned that the hard way he really went through an extreme illness where he was taking painkillers in the mornings rather than well actually we did go to the doctors quite a few times but they misdiagnosed him a few times and they didn't really know what was wrong and then there was a massive waiting like they asked him to wait three months before he could see a consultant and he was desperate at by that stage so he became very ill and ended up in hospital on his birthday and having a i think it was a three hour operation and wow. was terribly underweight by that stage and was really forced to look at how he was managing looking after himself with with the responsibilities of having a business and a, a family that he felt he needed to provide for as well so he's been on a real long personal journey that's actually proved to be really positive but has been really difficult for the whole family definitely and while all
0: of this was going on I mean he was in hospital he was out of work for nine months and obviously you were then keeping the staff going keeping the business going
1: you still had your daughter your home and also with Paul's illness we decided not to take the kind of steroids infliximab azathioprine route because Paul had has Crohn's disease and we felt felt really strongly that we didn't want the future that those drugs would give us. we didn't want him to have no immune system and to be sickly and permanently in and out of hospital and permanently going from one medication to another medication to counter effect um counter yeah. yeah the the uh, you know the first medication and it would have been a snowball thing, and we so i think it was about 6 months in we really made that commitment to take the long road and look at holistic a really holistic approach to getting Beth, you know to getting him better mm-hmm. so it wasn't easy and he he spent 9 months in bed so at that stage i'd always been interested in herbal medicine so i had an an understanding of what was going wrong in his system which was really a it was a combination of a bacterial imbalance which had caused sort of tiny perforate perforations in the lining of his gut which was then allowing tiny particulates of food to get into his bloodstream which was causing this response. so we knew that in order to get better he needed to deal with the bacteria imbalance in his gut and repair the lining it, yeah. the mucosal lining of his gut and and heal it that way but it's a really I do understand that that choice isn't for everyone because it's a really long hard road at that stage I think he was seven stone 13 wow so for a guy you know quite a tall guy he was lighter than our daughter yeah so that was shocking But we just knew that, and we had to commit to that because we knew that once we'd made that decision, we would essentially be ousted by the medical profession as being difficult and impossible and maverick and all that kind of thing. And I understand that it's not within, you know, their remit to... No, it's not their model. No, it's not their model. So... We were very much alone in it as well. It kind of boots you out of the support system. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I shared this well. all about what happened with my son with his, his immune response when he had yeah. contaminated chicken and he was blind and paralysed. So he was six months out, two years rehabilitation, and I did the same thing. So I said to the doctors, yeah. I'm not having him on intravenous steroids. You yeah. know, He had that for five days, and I just thought, I can't put my 11-year-old son no. through this anymore. And I also stepped out on to, by myself. Yeah. As a once single. you make that decision, yeah. But once you make that decision, there's no doctors, there's no, no. hospital, there's no scans, there's no blood tests, there's no, no nothing. It's literally it. listen to your body, get out there and research yeah. the heck out of this stuff.
1: Yeah. Understand
0: exactly. the body, understand nutrition, understand supplements, understand yeah. all of the other
1: ways. And of course, we were both doing this with businesses still running. Exactly. So I guess I took it on myself as well, but I was juicing for Paul in the morning because he couldn't at that time he couldn't assimilate the nutrients from solid food. So we were juicing and you know in the morning and inventing shakes that were a thousand calories so that he could have three of those a day on top of regular food and then making sure that he wasn't eating anything that was going to cause an inflammatory response response, and then researching which which supplements he should be taking and it was expensive too so he had a he had a naturopath and a a sacral cranial therapist and an EFT therapist and a herbal medicine practitioner so it was an Ayurvedic practitioner so it was really expensive and a really long, slow process, but we are now reaping the benefits. He's back at work full-time. Definitely. Any any medication at all. He's getting stronger all the time. In fact, I would say he's probably 80% there. It's definitely manageable. We've learned a lot. And we haven't got the dreaded future of him just catching everything that's going without an immune system he has a nice strong immune system so
0: yeah and also having the problems that come along with having Crohn's I mean just because yeah. you're taking the tablets doesn't mean the problems are still aren't there that's it. how was the business through all of this how
1: did you manage to keep on top of it all well we had amazing support from our staff they were a real support to me I feel as well that we managed that time with most of our clients not even realizing what we were going through the closest clients we we told that it was happening but you also have to balance making sure that your clients feel that they're still safe with you that they can trust you that their work's still going to get done that you're going to be organized and deliver their projects on time and that it's not all going to fall apart so we were very careful to manage the, our relationships with our customer customers at the same time and their expectations because Paul basically just disappeared from the business mm. for nine months. And the guys that worked for us at the time really were amazing. They They really picked up a lot of the slack. And I was we were kind of lucky in that at that stage we were running the business from a converted barn at home so Paul could be at home and I could be I was working in the barn and I could pop in and check he was okay come home at lunchtime make his lunch put a wash on make sure that he was getting enough calories keep a record of everything give him all his supplements and then go back into the into the office and then pick up Ella from school at half past three and drop her home and then go back into the office so
0: Genie, really, really, honestly, this uh-huh. is this is like next level <laughs> stuff, isn't it, to keep on top <laughs> of?
1: Yeah. It was stressful and it it took me to the edge of my limits. I remember once going into Harvest Whole Foods, which is our local amazing whole food shop and it's run by really lovely women and I remember just walking in the door Paul had got on the scales and it was 713 and eight stone had been my kind of psychological limit I was like determined that he wasn't going to go below eight stone and it was 713 and I remember opening the door in the heart like going down there in a flurry like I've got to get this that and the other I think it was probably slippery elm and marshmallow root and all the things that I needed. And um, I just opened the door and burst tears. Yeah, um, I bet. you know because you are, you know, really to your the edge. Yeah, you are incredible
0: to have kept on with oh. it all.
1: And well. from there,
0: you kind of worked your way through it. And Paul started getting stronger, and you came back into the business.
1: Yeah, what do you think changed? He you? L- well, he did a lot of work on himself, and actually, I think we did a lot of work on our relationship. And we were, had to face a lot of stuff and make sure that we were solid and on the same team and pulling in the same direction. So that changed. Actually, our relationship is stronger. The business is stronger. His health is stronger. So although it was difficult in the true sense of the word, really up against your the limit of your own resources, it all worked out for the best. You know, it was really the best thing that could ever happen to us. And I always say to Paul that it was kind of a fierce grace in a way, yeah, because we had to make sure that the business was functioning and efficient and and productive and we had to look at our project management and client management and how we work with our employees and get ourselves well and make sure our relationship was on the right track and and healthy and we couldn't afford any dysfunctional competitivity in our husband wife relationship no, There was not room for any of any of that so it sorted a lot of things out
0: and it was I mean it's a hard lesson to learn isn't it and Mm. Paul and I were talking about the universe if you're not listening to the whispers it just comes along and shouts and it's when it comes and shouts and knocks you off your kind of off your feet that you kind of go okay we're we're really going to have to look at some stuff so was that about three years ago he started to kind of get a bit stronger yes that was about about, about
1: three years ago and then what Um,
0: kind of path have you been on since then how do you think that changed
1: you and the business and So we really started to look at making sure that how we were running the business was in alignment with our values and our beliefs and how we, who we want to be as people. So we started to make sure that the guys felt that they were seen as people and that we were considering their own sense of purpose. What's the most important thing to them and why are they working here every day? What brings them into work? What are they good at? So as well as, looking at our own lives and making sure that we were you know living truthfully to who we were as people we this business is so much part of our lives that we really started to put that into practice with the employees that we have here and that's why we started to look at what projects we were working on and making sure that the the projects that we're working on are in alignment with our values and that's what makes life worth living it isn't about how much money you're turning over every month. But the fact that you are engaged with what you're doing and you believe in what you're doing and it's important to you actually makes the business more profitable. So although it's not profit first, you're attracting the kind of business that you want to be doing. People feel that they are aligned with what you're doing and that they want to work with people that are going to treat them kindly and fairly and respectfully and at heart are going to stick to the promises that they've made in terms of timeline and turnaround Mm. so actually it does make your company more profitable Profitable,
0: yeah because productivity rises because everybody wants to get out of bed and everybody wants to go and work on these projects because they're really aligning to the reasons why they're at work you know at a deeper level Um, and
1: everyone has a sense of pride in their work as well so they want to build it in the best way possible and make it sustainable and make it scalable and make sure that it can actually go out into the world and have a positive effect in such
0: big long-term ways as well it isn't Yeah. yeah You know, having that whole holistic view of delivery, purpose, yeah. productivity, there's no chance that it wouldn't be profitable because exactly. everything else is in a row.
1: Yeah, it brings a sense of kind of honor as well. We found that our clients pay their bills on time because they know that you've kept your end of the bargain and that what you're working on together is important and they have a sense of purpose. They want to get their projects out into the world. So, the cash flow is better productivity is better profitability is better and none of those things are given the priority of importance but they're the net result of focusing on doing a good job for the best intentions and having values at the heart of what you do
0: So if you had to give some top tips on on the changes that you've made or or some advice on the changes that you've made that you think have really had an impact on your business and on your lives as
1: directors, what do you think they would be? I would say the biggest impact is have regular touch bases with your staff one-on-ones at least once a month. Make sure that you know who they are as people, that you value them as individuals, that you appreciate what they're interested in, what's important to them, that you're clear on what kind of career path they're looking at. How do they want to progress in their career? What, where are their knowledge gaps? What do they need to learn? and have monthly actions for yourself and for them so that they have they know that every month they're going to sit down with you and that that they're going to be held accountable to the things that they've said that they want to do but also that you're accountable to them for those same things it's almost it's really like you, one of my top tips
0: yeah and it's almost like you you kind of do this this is what you do so well you do this as directors for yourself yeah and actually you then do it in the same but slightly different way for your employees you kind of give them that space to be able to say this is what we're doing and this is what works for us and we want you to be happy here's the space to do that in and they have their their own autonomy to be able to go and grow
1: themselves and that gives them we always say that there's a sense of autonomy like purpose autonomy and mastery so they're mastering their craft and mastering how to be a good, be a good colleague with one another, how to support one another, what's the most efficient way of doing what they're doing so that they spend the client's money wisely. All of those things are really important. And actually, if you have then a framework for those monthly touch bases, they're not formal, they're not, we're not measuring their yeah, delivery performance. Yeah. yeah you know it's not stressful it makes them feel to take ownership of their own career pathway and they want to mask their work and that's what makes it them autonomous we can we know that we can trust them because they're invested in in what's happening and they all have a sense of pride and really care about each other as well so so it's important
0: definitely and things just run so much easier when yeah.
1: and you have low staff turnover you have you know high staff attention people want to be here why you know they're not going to move for an extra two thousand pounds somewhere else yeah when... no
0: when they can't live to their values in that place
1: it's it comes becomes less about the money then doesn't it yeah it does yeah everyone's well paid but even that it's not about the money for them it's about how they're treated, who they are as people, what career progression they've got, the projects that we're working on, their opportunities to learn and evolve in their craft and master their craft and, and work together.
0: It's the whole holistic view of a person, yeah, isn't it?
1: Exactly, and it's it, not just in about a way. Me. No, exactly, and in a way, the way that we approached Paul's illness is a good example of how we're running the business. It's like a whole ecosystem. Yeah. You have to be holistic with it. And then it has every chance of being successful, which means that everyone feels safe in their jobs. And it'll grow. It can grow holistically and it then. it can grow. Because yeah.
0: if you've got teams that are aligning to the same visions, you attract new staff, new starters that have the same yeah. visions. And when you get that yeah. base bit right, when you get the foundations right, it's so much easier to grow in the right way because actually if, you've got, if you haven't got that solid foundation and know where you're going, it's very easy to make hiring mistakes. It's very easy to yeah. uh, take people on for the wrong reasons because you're not too sure in yourself. And actually yeah. I think you've got quite a strong belief in your foundation, which then kind of filters through everything, doesn't it?
1: definitely and we definitely feel that we always sort of say to the staff that nobody is trapped here if they feel there's a bit better opportunity somewhere else and they are free to go and explore that and and do it we don't have a high you know staff turnover i think you know i think the longest employee we've had is 14 years
0: yeah which is amazing
1: <laughs> which is unusual and in
0: terms of client acquisition you get a lot attracted to you through the work that you've been doing,
1: and referrals. Yeah, we do. We we don't tend to get a lot of cold customers. So we don't tend to get people see an advert and come and work for us. It's more either they've seen a piece of interesting work or somebody has recommended us. So it could be a designer that we've worked with in the past or a customer that we've had. And, you know, we've had some of our customers have been with us. 10 or 15 years I think our longest customer has actually been with us since we started their company so that's nearly 19 years <laughs> I bet you've seen some changes in that time yeah yeah and that's a company called Arts Live actually they they've grown a lot of, as an organization and I'm now a trustee of their organization and the treasurer as well
0: I think it's also it's just so beautiful that when you've got something that you truly believe in and that you are passionate about and really aligns to your values it's yeah. so easy then to take these steps into being a treasurer for clients or yeah. you know having those referrals because I think people are just so sure of the work that you do and why you do it it's a lot yeah. easier for people to refer into you and it's a lot yeah. easier for you to grow your business the right way because you have those values and everything's a lot yeah.
1: And that helps the business become sustainable. Mm. So knowing that, we, I mean, we have lost clients over the years. Some people have, have gone elsewhere for different reasons. Maybe they want a company that's closer to them or, you know, they want to use somebody that's cheaper for them. That's fine. Yeah,
0: that's the way of business.
1: Yeah, that's the way, the way it goes. But the customers that have stayed with us the longest are the ones that, really feel that we're integrated with their business and that we're, you know, we're a part of their business that we're providing some, you know, working in a way that makes them feel that they can be themselves and Mm. that they don't have to have a a work personality and a home personality, but Mm. that they be themselves and we've all got one another's best interest at heart and we're all pulling in the same direction. And that's the thing, isn't it? I think it's having
0: those goals that everybody... Everybody's working to the same goals, and it yeah. sounds so simple. But actually, when it does happen, there's yeah. just so much. There's so much less that goes wrong. Uh, like you yeah. said, you get paid by your clients. You that yeah. everything gets delivered on time because actually everybody's working to to the same goal.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a lot about you know there can, There is a bit of a culture in the workplace that we have to leave ourselves at home. So we have to leave our problems at home and our responsibilities at home, and we have to come in and be a machine but actually that's not what we are we are not machines we have no. we have problems we have babies we have commitments people get ill stuff's stressful sometimes and it's actually really important to have a really open communicative humane relationship with our employees and i really feel that especially with the way that things are going with artificial intelligence and, mach- and machine learning and machine automation. Let's let those, that software and the computers do that stuff. Let, let it automate the horrible jobs. Let it do those things. And then as human beings, we are free <laughs> to do meaningful work. It's not that we're being replaced by machines on production lines, but let's invent ways to save the planet and good medicines and support other communities let's use our brainwaves and our time and our opposable thumbs and yeah. all that kind of stuff to do meaningful work which is what the machines can't do they need which us. is what they can't do exactly yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of gave you the courage to step away from the typical developer path and differentiate yourself in your market do you think do you feel like you have even, had the courage or do you no, not? No, I don't
1: even you think don't. it's about courage. I think it's about being truthful about who you are. I probably did spend ten, a good 10 years hiding the meditation and the spirituality and all that kind of side of life. Not hiding it, but yeah, it wasn't integrated and it was definitely some a side project or a hobby. And it wasn't even a hobby. It was so much a part of my life. I guess to be a whole person as well and to be happy as me, I need to be truthful about who I am. And actually, it's not your greatest fear. Everyone wants to be themselves. Everyone has a deep life with themselves. Everyone has deep thoughts and so much more to them. Yeah, and desires and dreams. Yeah, yeah. we're all so multifaceted, aren't we? Mm. That actually integrating that side of life into the business and how we approach running the business has been the best thing that we've ever done. It's nothing, anything to be secretive about or to be ashamed of. It's definitely the best selling point. Yeah. You know, having an ethical business. Who doesn't want to work with an ethical business? Yeah, yeah. Such an amazing
0: USP. And you just cut through your market so much easier. It's so easy for you to cut through in the marketplace and don't have to compete because actually when you get clients or staff that are looking for a job or looking for a new supplier, if they align with you, they're always going to come your way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we're working on interesting projects as a result. At the moment, we're doing a project which is for three really entrepreneurial GPs who have had a brilliant idea for a piece of software that will really revolutionise the way that patients experiencing a specific disease will interact with their GP and how they'll be able to manage their disease. And that, you know, it's so important. All the guys are so invested in that project because they know that ultimately it's about them. So it's about that patient and giving that patient the best experience that we can give them. It's all about communication, I think, isn't it? And, and it is.
0: bringing people together into a really streamlined...
1: Yeah. And using software to m- make a difference on a person's life rather than make money yeah yeah one comes after the other yeah it does <laughs> it's important which way round you view it I yeah 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 because if you're putting money first
0: yeah, yeah whereas you can put purpose first
1: yeah
0: is it all so, medical stuff that you're doing or have you got other stuff that else because I know you've got the stroke app and you've got the GP
1: yeah and we're and we've been working as well on another thing which isn't medical, but we're working for a company who tests water samples and oil samples in a lab to make sure that the they keep a tap on whether water's clean or, you know, oil's dirty or and we've just built the system to completely automate, join up their process in their lab to make it all run run smoothly. So that's another it's another environmental project, but it's not a medical project as such, although yeah. it is about water purity. And then we have another one which is about the recycling of waste, electronic and electrical equipment, making sure that those as people, you know, the Dysons or the Siemens of the world are creating products that the products at the end of their life cycle are being recycled properly. That's yeah. that's another
0: application. They're having huge impacts, aren't they? Yeah. And I I think think it's the right time for them to to come because I think the world is starting to realise that we can't carry on the way that we're going and it's time for change, I think.
1: That's it. So our focus at the moment is on using exponential technology to have a bigger impact. So rather than impacting tens of people or hundreds of people, how can we use technology to impact a much larger scale so that smaller teams can have a massive effect? on whatever it is they're doing. I really do
0: think entrepreneurs are going to be solving some really, really meaningful problems over the next few years. Yeah. And I think it's really exciting. We're we're living in quite exciting times, I think.
1: Yeah. And I feel that as well it's also about having a much bigger view or vision than just your own life. So paying your own mortgage, putting your kids through school, feeding yourself. That's all important, and of course, it has to be done. But it has to be done in order to feed more people, help support more people, to have an impact in your community in a much larger sense. And I feel like that's something that the internet's given us as well. It's given yeah. us a much larger viewpoint. We know that, and a platform to be able to make but, a difference and to communicate with yeah. each other. Yeah, and um, know what's going on in the world
0: it needs to be business for good. And this is something that I'm really kind of loving at the moment is the things that I'm doing in my business and the things that I'm working with my clients on doing is making sure that we are building profitable and sustainable businesses that do go on and do good. And whether that's creating jobs in the local economy, whether that's servicing clients that make changes similar to to what you're doing yeah the smallest changes can have the biggest impact I
1: think definitely and I think as well embedding charitable giving into a business for us anyway it's really important so when we finish a project we always give a gift certificate to the client so through an organization like B1G1 we can I think the last project we bought ten people with learning disabilities in New Zealand access to healthcare. So that makes us feel yeah, amazing. Yeah. And it is a beautiful way of, you know, really celebrating the launch of a project. And that client received a gifts to put through the post and just made them feel amazing and yeah, it's those such a nice halfway around the world. Yeah. And they're the other side of the world. We've never met them, but we know that those 10 people have had access to essential health care.
0: And I think it's it's so important that people do this because for me anyway, aligning to united nation global goal number one with no poverty obviously after being homeless myself it's something that really drives me and something that i feel really passionate to work towards and actually businesses don't have to do this on a massive scale for it to make a difference and what you've proven in your business is that actually just by saying these are my values this is what i believe in even if it was giving feeding one homeless person Absolutely. Or even if it was taking on one client that goes and does something or for, so what I've done is I've got a business that I work with at a reduced rate because I really believe in what they're doing and they look yeah. after people in the community That's so I've amazing. supported them because yeah. they can go on and support hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people sure. just purely by me not charging so much for that client so it doesn't have to cost your business anything you necessarily have to take up a lot of time and that it, might be a client that you wouldn't have had otherwise. You know,
1: otherwise. Yeah.
0: And yeah. when you get the alignment part right, the rest of it kind of follows on. And you can make impacts in really small ways that butterfly effect
1: kind of ripples you, out. Exactly. You start to seek out other service providers that share your values and you start to invent new products and services and new ways of working. And actually, kind of leverage each other's skills and form partnerships Partnerships off the back of that yeah yeah
0: and it grows from
1: there it does thank you Jeannie it's been brilliant to talk to you so nice thank you Sonia really appreciate your time and for inviting me and Paul on it's an honor to be on your podcast yeah I
0: know my first two and we'll put a link below so they can get in touch with you websites and things like that so thank you for coming on
1: pleasure thanks so much